Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast. Before we get to our episode, a thank you first to our sponsors. First up, a thank you to MedMastery for sponsoring this episode. Would you like to learn the highest yield 20% of clinical skills so you can solve over 90% of patient problems? You need to check out MedMastery. They offer over 90 courses and workshops on important clinical skills like EKG, ultrasound, diabetes management, and so much more. All of their award-winning courses are CME accredited, and they are highly recommended by the British Medical Association, so make sure to check them out. MedMaster gives you point-of-care reviews and answers for common clinical syndromes, all provided with an excellent international flair. Explore the Space listeners can get an exclusive 15% discount on a lifetime subscription. Go to www.medmastery.com forward slash explore the space today. That's www.medmastery.com forward slash explore the space. And thank you also to the Women in Medicine Summit for sponsoring this episode. The Women in Medicine Summit is a transformative CME conference experience unlike any other. It's an event for women in medicine, allies, and truly anyone in the healthcare space. Attend this year's summit in Chicago, September 16th and 17th, to learn leadership skills for professional advancement and career development. Attend breakout sessions on advocacy and narrative medicine. Hear from internationally renowned faculty. And attend special events like an evening of storytelling led by the Nocturnists and a special hashtag MedGrind coffee meetup. This is a conference that is not to be missed. I am really looking forward to being there in Chicago in September, and I am proud that Explore the Space podcast is an official sponsor of the Women in Medicine Summit for the third year in a row. Check out www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. Delighted to be back with another very special Med Lasso episode. First of all, Syed is back. He missed the last episode of Med Lasso. We missed him. He missed us. He's back. And I'm glad that he is because we are tackling a really interesting aspect of the TV show Ted Lasso, looking at the issue of gender equity and leadership as the show presents it. We've got Dr. Avio Glosser and Dr. Eve Bloomgarden here to discuss this. It's a fabulous discussion looking at how the show presents an equitable workplace and the advanced leadership techniques that we can all kind of gather from this show around gender equity. I love that we have the opportunity to have a discussion like this. I love that Med Lasso can bring stuff like this to the fore while we're waiting for new episodes of the show to drop. Definitely check out the entire archive of Med Lasso. The links are in the show notes. And please do join in the Med Lasso conversation on Twitter. Tag all of your tweets with hashtag Med Lasso. We've got a robust community. It grows every week. It's really exciting. Jump in, throw hashtag Med Lasso in there so we can all follow along. The Explore the Space merchandise store is also open. Definitely check that out, www.explorethespaceshow.com, and definitely subscribe to Explore the Space podcast wherever you like to download your shows. We're on all of the major platforms, and the entire Med Lasso archive is there. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. Hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Like I said, this is a fabulous conversation on a really, really interesting and important topic. I defy you to find any sort of conversation like this around the TV show Ted Lasso in a podcast form, and I'm delighted that Med Lasso can be right out there on the sharp edge with something like this. So let's get amongst it with Dr. Avio Glosser and Dr. Eve Bloomgarden. 
Syed, we are back. You missed our last Med Lasso episode. I'm still hurt. I'm still sad. I haven't slept. How are you? Man, I'm in the same place, dude. This It feels really weird to be back. I, I Part of me is gone. <laughs> you missed like, it's. you haven't done a Med Lasso with me for like two months. That's too long. Let's not have that happen again. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I spoke with my scheduler. Med Lasso takes priority <laughs> over clinic, hospital, you name it. Yeah, I, I think that that's the right approach. You've come back at the right time, though. This is going to be a fun one. We have two friends of the show, friends of Med Lasso, who are here to tackle what I think is one of the best, and at the same time, I think it's fair to say underexplored topics of Ted Lasso. We have Dr. Avio Glosser and Dr. Eve Bloomgarden here to help us get a better understanding of the, the, the gender themes on the show the leadership themes as it pertains to all of that. And I think it's going to be a really interesting and a very unique perspective because I think this is a a topic that merits exploration. Clearly, the show is really focused on it, and this is the right place to do it. So Eve and Avi, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. I'm very excited to do this episode. And um, I will say, I I agree with you. This is an underexplored topic that I think was very intentional in the in the writing of the show. And, you know, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to start this off to guide the conversation, because I look at, you know, many things through a gender equity lens. But I think truly, the my first thought was that Ted really seems to be a written, deliberately written character that teaches that you know, designed to teach men how to behave in the world. And he seems to have these super, these superpower traits that are really communal characteristics or traits that we typically associate with women. So being a good listener, being an empath, being compassionate, being there to help others and being vulnerable. And, you know, I think that one of the biggest lessons of the show is that he can model masculinity without being misogynistic or without being sexual or hypersexual. Um, And it's a really unique show because we see this this male character in a male team with the background of sports basically being sex in the city for, you know, but just men. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of my initial intro and why I think this is such an exciting discussion. And the t-shirt you're wearing, right? The, the woman up line, I think when that (laughs) happened, that, that was, that was cool. And that was the coach of saying it. That was totally awesome. I love that line. And that line, I I just rewatched all of season one and and most of season two because I was on a very prolonged COVID isolation. And God damn it. Just like what Eve said, everything in that writing and that direction and that the choreography of the scenes is so deliberate and intentional. Like there is no wasted word. And that scene, the the woman up scene, the way he is so just honest and authentic when he says it, it's not even like men as satire. Like it is just like, boom, mic drop, duh. And everyone responds that way too. I felt like so so jealous that I didn't come up with that, like, you know, exact statement. Um, I really did because, you know, it's, it's, he basically normalizes um, gender equity and parity, and he just treats women as equals without going out of his way to do it. Um, but he teaches others to do it, too. And I think, you know, the women in the show aren't doing anything, I think, unique or different than women in real life. In my in my experience, it's the environment around them that is so unique. No, I love this. Too. And even I have I mean, we've bantered about Ted Lasso for like, I mean, When did I start watching the show? When did you get me into the show? Like a year and a half ago, 15 months ago. These are women who are not 
raked across hot coals. They're not shepherded away from or out of leadership positions. They're, they're given more leadership. They earn more leadership because of who they are and how they interact, not only with each other. We're talking about Rebecca and Keely as, as the, the lead dyad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I promise I would not finish this recording without throwing out the one of my favorite lines from the show experience, not even like the show script, but the show experience when Hannah Waddingham says there's no Rebecca without Keely when she won the Emmy like that dyad and how they interact and how they interact with others around them and their positions is just like mind-blowingly excellent and empowering and energizing yeah I mean I think it is um you know the other thing I really like about the show is that every time there's a situation where we make an assumption about what the character is going to do um and that assumption is kind of steeped in bias, implicit bias or gender bias, the character does the unexpected, right? And so we're always wrong when we assume what is going to happen next. And I just, I love that because I'll be damned, but every time I still think it's going to follow the fairy tale and it doesn't, I'm very pleased with the outcome. So, I mean, I think it's just, um, it's just such a pleasure to watch this psychologically safe environment where there's team building and there's growth and there's vulnerability and, you know, there's just female doctors and female therapists and, you know, and, you know, Ted doesn't make the mistake of say, of, of, you know, he doesn't call the doctor in the ER when he goes to get Sharon. Oh, hi, nurse. He just off the top of his head goes, hey, doc, you know, to the woman in the room. And it's just so refreshing because that's how it should be. You know, and I think it's um, it, it's kind of our the, the way that I would love to see our work environment kind of reconstructed. Saya, do you think the male audience is as perceptive to these nuances that even Avi are pointing out? Because I look, I've learned about how the show can be viewed because so many of the people that are enjoying Med Lasso and that we all follow on Twitter are women. But there are nuances that if I was watching in a vacuum four years ago, I'd have missed them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. there I mean, the level of detail and nuance that you guys are describing, um, I've been just like Mark, I've been keyed into it with the guests we've had on the show. But I think if I wasn't, there's so much that you take for granted, you know, and, and obviously as a man, I haven't experienced all, uh, uh, all those kind of microaggressions and, and those kind of things that you guys are picking up on. Um, so I think I definitely notice it more. And, and you're right, uh, Eve. And uh, uh, Avi, that uh, Ted models it so well. And as, as a man, seeing him behave in that way is, is inspirational, too. I can't even imagine not seeing this like through, you know, when I watch it. And so, you know, to me, it's what the show is about, whereas, you know, I think to everybody gets what they want and what they need from Ted Lasso, which is, you know, the ultimate Ted Lasso experience. And I love that about the show that, you know, for me, I'm like, this is my ideal team building, gender equal, like work environment. And, you know, um, and for somebody else, it's about football, right? I mean, I think it's just, it's such a great show. I mean, seriously, if I could have Hannah's office and not just like the physical office, but like the the environment, the vibe of that office where she can like either sit at her desk. Um, Eve has a mug that I gifted her that has like, Rebecca at her desk with like a a placard that says boss ass bitch. But like if I could have a Rebecca's office and be able to either sit at my desk or stand or sit on the couch with my shoes off in my work attire, like literally leaning against my like work and life best bud. Oh my God. (laughs) This show is my life. And I gotta say also like, I'm so appreciative of you two men 
being open to like these discussions. I know you both so intensively role model that, but I think that also just it, it to me, our discussion right here, right now is so mirroring the show too. Like Ted does not ever pretend to have all the answers. And especially that vulnerability from that first episode where he's like, I've never coached foot like non-American football and I need a team. And what you see him do is build up his team and seek input and be receptive to input. That's exactly what you are doing listening to us right now. So I just want to kind of echo Very that true. back. I feel like we need like a diamond dogs, like, you know, barking or something for this. But I mean, like the diamond dogs, that is straight up girl talk. Like that is what we do, right? I mean, we get together and we we talk about our problems and then we all go like, okay, go team. And then we, you know, walk the other way. And I think to see heterosexual men doing that as a, you know, part of their normal day is just, it, it's so novel. Um, and we really haven't seen any other we don't have any cultural references truly like that. And, you know, one of the things that one of the lines that I love is when Jamie and Ted are talking at the um, at the bar and uh, sorry, and Jamie brings out the figurine and he says, I named him Ted, Ted Danson. And Ted Lasso basically says, well, he's wonderful. You know, he's in the good place. And he says he's basically the male version of Julia Louise Dreyfus. Right. And like that is such a flipped script that is so subtle, but nobody would ever say, oh, you know, this funny person is the male version of a female funny person. And so it's just the little things where you're, you know, if we could normalize that, um, I think that we would be very advanced in our pursuit of gender equity. Um, you know, but the fact that it stands out so much to me means we have work to do. We like to fantasize about who's doing what in the writer's room. And this show is packed with, like you said, right, these little things. But when you catch them, and especially on a rewatch, they really, really stick out. So let's just go around the horn real quick. Syed, for these little these little tricks, these little quips, these little things that Ted drops that then set up Keeley, Rebecca, whomever else, to really have a moment and then have this thing be really resonant. So there's that element of elevating others the element of role modeling, effective behaviors, the element of changing power dynamics and changing power. Who in the writer's room do you think is doing that? Because it's not you and it's not me because we're not in the writer's room anymore. I feel like uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I think that uh, it's got to be women in the writer's room. You know, Ted Lasso has some fantastic uh, women writers uh, that are part of the crew. People like... Uh, Ashley Nicole Black, uh, Phoebe Walsh, uh, Jane Becker. And, you know, these kind of subtleties have to come from lived in experience, I think. And that's why they're so authentic. And that's why they resonate instantly. And that's why people, you know, the women especially pick up on them right away. That's what I think. You know, I'm sure, you know, the men are open to it and receptive to it. And and I'm sure they're encouraging it. But my gut tells me it's coming from the women in that room. Yeah, I think think that's a really, really wise uh, anticipation. And, but, and for me, it's not only the writers, and I know, uh, I, or I, the little bit I know about the screenwriting process, you know, the writers are sort of envisioning how a scene has played out, not just the strict dialogue. I'm also so curious about all the production crew. And you know, I talked about it's not only the writers, but the writers are brilliant. But the direction and the, the set design, or you know, what are all the terms, like what are the Oscars that are given out? You know, the set design and the, you know, the staging, the, music. And the, the camera angles. Oh, God, the music. Oh, my God. I was like listening to the soundtrack today because I was just like, oh, my God, that scene, that song. And I was texting Eve. I was texting Mark. 
this weekend and this is almost like I'm not gonna say mea culpa because like every time you watch it you gain something new but I caught something on this rewatch that literally was blowing my mind just the like the verbal and the non-verbal subtleties so the scene the scene where Rebecca is singing let it go at karaoke and was like oh my gosh Hannah Waddingham is an amazing singer it's so powerful like she just like nails it and kind of really establishes herself as this amazing character during the scene you have to watch everyone else's faces when she's singing and what line is being sung so one Ted is having an early panic attack. And you can sort of see that. And he's sitting next to Sassy, who's filming. But when you get to the line, conceal, don't feel, which I think is a huge theme for the show across the two seasons, you see Keely, but Roy is just behind her, like lip singing the line, conceal, don't feel. And then it like pans away from him very quickly. I went, oh my God, like one, this is the theme of the show, but here's Roy where you know he is you know he starts out gruff and 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 tough he's one of the many emotional cores of this show and the fact that like conceal don't feel or whether or not we mask our emotions or display our emotions openly i was just like oh my god this song this scene just took on a whole new level but like how does that unfold in the writer's room or the dry run like how i'm curious because i just i don't know that much about tv making or filmmaking like that is a team again this is that is a team based effort to pull off the brilliance of that scene uh, there must be somebody just like me in this writing room and i mean that in a like because every like there's so much broadway and there's so okay. much rom-com and there's so much just like growing up in the 90s you know oh, yeah. references with gin blossoms you know, i mean it, there's just so much good stuff you know that i just go hunting for and it feels like there's somebody who is either one somebody i was really good friends with or who just gets the way that you know my brain makes connections you know the, the west side story references and you know th- that to me is like one of the big themes and the the Hamilton and I just love every bit of it. And the rift between Ted and Beard is so unbelievably female in their interaction, meaning like the way I feel like the way that they are so tight and so close. I just don't see that type of witty banter going back and forth between men that often. And maybe it's because I am not a man um, and that is possible. But I feel like they what talk do like I do. I do all day. Come I on. banter with Mark all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Your so point was well taken. That was, I was yeah. trying to be funny. No, no, it was very well funny. But like I would sit down to somebody and, you know, and riff with them on Hamilton and be like, you know, and just. Oh, even I do that all the time. We, we literally, we will, have, we will have conversations in Broadway show tunes. But like, you know, or <laughs> hey, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Sharks versus Jets, West Side Story. Like, that is what I'm thinking when you're shooting this app. You know, that's so weird. I think there's a lot there that reminds me of my own brain and is familiar, despite the fact that sports ball and I do not really have a good understanding of one another. And so it's enjoyable for me. And I think somebody else sitting next to me is seeing something completely different. The other thing I really see as... um, as a powerful theme here is allyship, you know, which is just they and it's bi-directional allyship. Right. And so I think it's they're all really, you know, Keely and Rebecca are have Ted's back and Ted has their back and everybody even, you know, the the whole team just seems to really support each other. And I just it's such a nice way to see everybody working in the same direction towards the same goal, contrasting to what we do all day. You know, (laughs) I feel like our profession has a lot to learn from that dynamic. I, I just we've talked about this a lot. I do feel like there we are conditioned to instead of yes and good ideas or even not good ideas, we're conditioned to just try to hammer each other. 
in, in, within the profession of medicine, not anywhere else. And, I, and I, it's exhausting. And I think we have to fight hard against it. I think one of the reasons like, you know, Syed and I can riff so well together on any number of topics is because we don't do that to each other. Yeah. Even if I say something that's total nonsense, Syed's not going to hammer me for it. Yeah. Or we're going to find a way to make a joke out of it. I think the show does this brilliantly. But Syed, do you feel like there are techniques and strategies for communication and around allyship that you have actually pulled out of the show and said, I'm going to matrix chip this into my head and use this going forward? It's a good question. Um, specific techniques and strategies. I, I think not so much like a specific thing where I'm like, I'm going to use those exact words or that exact thing. I think it's more for me, just sort of the the tone and the nature of it is the, the almost like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the vibe of the interaction. Like for example, and uh, I just texted Mark before we started. I haven't watched the, any episode in like two months. I'm a little rusty on the details. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you're like quoting like exact stuff. I think, um, um, you know, the fact that there's there's no hesitation from any, really any of the male characters, main lead male characters, when uh, Brett Goldstein is really great at this, when there's any sort of issue and he needs to stand up for Keeley or for Rebecca or for whoever and, and say the right thing. There's zero hesitation. The same with Ted. There's no thought that he needs to catch it in any way. He needs to like hold back in any way or, you know, paint them as different in any way. He just responds right away with the right thing. I think that kind of vibe to it, which is both even and Avi has been talking about is what, what I try to emulate. You know, I think we, we, we've talked about some of it, like just the, the, core lines of the show i'm thinking you know some of the things that are turned into gifts or but i mean and some of those are just absolutely brilliant like need to be replicated and and pinged off of lines and there's also these you know the little lines that like literally if you blink you might have missed them and you need to rewatch. you know, we talked about woman up already like that to me embodies so much about allyship um, in, especially in terms of giving women a seat at the table or giving our non-binary non-male identifying colleagues a seat at the table, you know, bringing people in intentionally. And for me, and I'm curious what Eve thinks also like that, like allyship starts with being aware and being intentional. And the other one that also resonates very deeply for me in terms of allyship is the be curious, not judgmental line. Mm -hmm. You have to be open to seeing something through a different perspective. And allyship is about bringing people who don't look like you and don't think like you to the t- not only to the table, but giving them a voice at the table. You know, it's not about performative allyship. Like, oh, we have people on this board or this, you know, executive committee. You have to make their input and opinion and expertise and lived experience matter and being curious. And the number of times that I say be curious, I've shared that line with patients. Like, why am I like, why are you asking me all these questions about my overall health? I'm like, I'm, I'm being curious. They're like, oh, you watched Ted Lasso. I swear to God, I had this conversation. <laughs> Or when I'm trying to think like, oh, gosh, I feel like my gut reaction to this email is not something that I'm proud of or happy. How can I be curious and create a relationship with another human being? But um, and, and, and we could riff off of any other lines. Again, like the, the, there's no Rebecca without Keely. Like we're in this as a team, like, you know, no person is an island. Um, How much yeah. of the be curious, not judgmental ethos comes from the Sadakis and I've forgotten coach beard's name, the actor, their background in improv Eve. Probably a lot. You know, I think it is, um, if, if you have that motto in the back of your mind and you're in your 
going in and you're doing an improv scene and like you're going to look at the scene differently. You're going to approach it differently. And I think it's really just about, you know, having certain ideas at the forefront of your mind so that instead of making it a quick assumption about something, you just take a minute and you, you know, really think it through, look at it from all angles. And I feel like that's, that's kind of like what, what my, you know, what I do all the time, but even still, it's like a mantra. It's like, wait, be curious. Like, let's look at this from all sides, you know? And I think it is, um, instead the, the show doesn't really exemplify like how to be an ally for women. I think it shows you what comes next. Like if you, if you assume, if you're already an ally, like what does the world look like? You know? And I feel, I think that this is it's even more of a step further. Um, even things like think about what the names are that, um, that they, uh, that Roy's tickets are under, you know, to, if he ever shows up, right. Like Dolly Parton, Shania Twain, like it's not, it's, it's just because like, those are the women that Ted thinks are, would be great. You know, he's respected. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so I think there's just all these subtleties that take it, that don't assume anything, but just don't even think about how to get gender equity into the show because it's already coming from a place of equity and inclusion. Let's go back around the horn. Let's go back around the horn on the subject of gender equity, but specifically around leadership techniques and leadership aspirations. Let's kind of whip through the four of us and pull out the specific techniques in that space that could be framed as being a leadership technique. Because I want to spend a little time in the, you know, the show demonstrates so many high quality leadership tools and characteristics. But in that equity lens, let's go around the horn. Avi, you get to go first. What is a leadership technique in the equity space that's resonated for you? Ooh, good question. I will start start by saying the inclusive leadership styles. And I think that is that is a leadership style that that comes more naturally to women. And if you read some of the best of the best, like women in business, women in medicine, women in leadership books, they talk about an inclusive leadership style. That's certainly something that I have worked very hard to cultivate with amazing benefits in my in my own leadership. I'm a clinic medical director. I mean, I see that with Ted, when you actually as you know, he starts with Beard and then he adds Nate and then he adds Roy. And he has this diverse set of coaching staff and he is not trying to do it alone. But I think also about Rebecca and Keeley, where Abby, you can you're supposed look- to pick one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's an inclusive leadership, but like you have like people are open to working with people who do not look like them or do not think like them. And it strengthens everybody. And I think of that as a woman in leadership core skill. Um, Layette, how about you? I think one of the leadership techniques that I really like in Ted Lasso is they really model crediting the person who had the idea, um, which I feel like a lot of leadership, especially towards women, um, is they never get credited. And I think Ted is a master of this, is he'll credit anyone who has a good idea and he'll make sure everybody knows that that person had the good idea. And that's a way to lift people up because when you're having the good ideas but never getting credited for them, it's a way that's traditionally been used to shunt off people, you know, and close off equity to people. So I think Ted is really good about that. And I think it's a good uh, uh, practice to have. So even I were texting today and we're like, do, do, do we try to bring Nate into this conversation or not? So when Nate storms off and leaves, like he, he tells Ted, he's like, you didn't include me. You didn't listen to me. You didn't make me feel welcome. You didn't give me the support that you gave other people. But especially rewatching it, 
Like Ted credits him so often. And for me, I feel like I'm seeing the disconnect even more and more. And is that like, was Ted not explicit enough? Or was Nate not even in a position where he could realize that he was getting positive feedback? Yeah. So I think I will, um, I think I'll take, I'll pick up where you left off, Avi, because we lost you for a second there, um, is the mentoring and how it's done well and how it's done poorly in the show. And one of the, one of the biggest strengths, I think, in Rebecca's leadership style is her mentorship of Keely and, um, you know, and what Keely gets back from Rebecca as a mentee and how they both grow together because of this amazing pairing. Whereas you see that compared to Ted and Nate, where they have, uh, it doesn't seem to be as much of a give and take, and it seems to be uh, a lot of miscommunication and you see how a mentorship pair can really fail. Um, but you know, it does require a lot of work and nurturing to have a good mentorship relationship. But I think that makes you a leader to be able to, um, to be able to add the, the water and, and then make it grow. Um, and that's what Rebecca does. Um, and I, th- I think it's, it is something that we, should emphasize more in medicine is how to be a good mentor. I love that you said that because I think there's also like how to be a mentor, but also how to be a mentee. And not only like, how do you receive feedback or how do you receive mentorship? There's a great like, was it Jam or something article from a few years ago? And like, will you be my mentor? Sort of the archetype, the different archetypes Mm -hmm. of mentors. But sometimes mentorship done very, very well is so subtle that you don't realize you're receiving it. And then people go, well, I don't have a mentor. Um, and I think that's you know something that really needs to that we need to then call attention to or, or help people be aware of. And maybe maybe that is the dynamic between Ted and Nate. And again, we like we can talk about Nate. You know, he's he's not talk about be, Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. He seems to be someone who's been on the receiving end of so many toxic relationships that he doesn't realize healthy psychologically safety mentorship when it's literally smacking him in the face. And maybe that's Nate. Maybe that's it. Because, you know, I know Mark and I have talked about sort of his background and the dynamic that we see with his father and how that affects his relationship with others, especially Ted. Well, I think it's also you could have a great environment, but there's going to be some people who just don't flourish in it. And, you know, that that is also, you know, a a separate lesson to unpack, I think. I'm going to throw in mine. I want to throw in my leadership technique that I have been reminded because it feels very natural for me, but it's so effective. The use of food and drink. Yes. Ted is so good. Rebecca, all of them are so good at using food and drink as a tool to bring people together in such a fashion where they are open to hear what you have to say. I love Ted it. and Keely, the cheeseburger. Ted and Roy, I mean, over and over and over and over again. The tequila bottle and the curse fire. They do it over and over again on this show. And think about how much just sitting down and breaking bread together, it just levels playing fields. It's fun. It's a, 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 an easy icebreaker. Hey, do you like that? Yeah. I mean, Ted, Ted, Ted and Trent Krim are friends because they ate super crazy. Yeah. That was super hot. Yes. The, the, I love it's, it's that, Mark. such a great tool, and thank you. The reason that I bring <laughs> this up, these idea of leadership techniques, though, is we have to segue a little bit into a really, really cool topic and event that's coming up that's run by another great friend of Medlasso, uh, Shika Jane, who puts on the Women in Medicine Summit. Eve, you've got the shirt on. The Women in Medicine Summit's a couple of weeks away. It's September 16th and 17th in Chicago, as I mentioned it at the intro. 
we're all going to be there, and I'm going to be texting Syed like crazy because he's on call that weekend. Boo. Which one of you, Avi or Eve, wants to present why the Women in Medicine Summit is cool and how it connects to all of these larger discussions around a pop culture entity, equity, and leadership? I'm going to pivot to Eve. Eve has a, we, we both have roles in the organization. I'm, I'm going to pivot to Eve based on what her role in the organization is. Sure, sure. And I guess I'll say I'm the chief development officer of the nonprofit part of women in medicine. Um, but, and, and I'm very involved in, in uh, the leadership in, uh, of the summit. And so the summit is really its own unique um, experience. And the reason for that is it brings people together across specialties across the country or internationally to talk about a shared um, experience and to validate a shared experience, but not just to mention and to kind of review. It's not a learning about there is gender equity, but it's a solutions-based summit. And it's just, it's an experience that of empowerment. And so anyone who has been to the summit knows that when you leave there, you are raring to go. You feel so ready to be a change maker and you feel, um, you know, that you connect with so many people that your, your own network becomes just so much larger. And, you know, I've talked to so many people who say that the summit really changed the trajectory of their career. Um, and, and I believe that's true in my own experience too. Um, and this will be the first year in three years that were in person, you know, the last two have been virtual. And so to have a virtual conference that was so powerful, I mean, being in person is going to just be off the hook. Um, and I think, you know, we have a, a really diverse, really seasoned, really expert lineup. Um, we have, um, you know, events planned throughout it. We have socializing, we have mentorship, we have the intro to our male allyship course. We have the intro to our inclusive leadership course. Um, you know, and it's just going to be fun, which we all really need as well. You know, there's nothing else where I, you know, where an endocrinologist like myself is going to be at a conference with, you know, surgery and anesthesia and pediatrics and hospitalists, you know, we don't have that. And so, um, you know, there are some fun conferences for, for ACP or for you all that are bigger, but you know, my conferences are very small, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities for, um, people to get more involved at, you know, if they come to the summit, they'll, they'll learn about those. I've only attended virtually. I'm so excited to attend in person. I got to book my flights and I've, you know, I've done a lot of le women in medicine, women in leadership development, but oftentimes sort of like the, the woman's retreat or this, like it just, I, it just doesn't entice me. But I feel like the Women in Medicine Summit is so substantial and it's not, it's not performative. It's not like, oh, here, here's the theme. Like it, it's very action oriented, as Eve outlined, and very empowering. And I'll just say, I'm the the inaugural editor of the Women in Medicine Summit blog, which is 13 months old, exactly. And it has been such a privilege to help give voice to so many people, um, women, non-binary colleagues, men as well, in the last 13 months from across across the globe and across stages and levels of training. Um, I will also make a plug. We, we actually have no Ted Lasso themed blog pieces. We have an Encanto themed blog piece that even I wrote because. Medcanto, Medcanto. Medcanto, sorry. Med <laughs> um, but just the leadership of this organization, again, you know, to echo some of the themes here has been so inclusive and so intentional and so effective 
in the work it has done, um, both before the pandemic, but also in real time recognizing the impact of the pandemic on gender equity. Um, and it's just, I'm so thrilled. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to be associated with this organization that's really doing the hard work. And it's open um, to all healthcare workers. Yeah. yeah. All genders. It's also, men are encouraged to join. I will be there. Yes. A whole group of us will be there yes. and it will be an amazing experience. I've never been to Chicago either. So I'm We're going to have so about much it. fun taking so much around fun. Chicago. I know. Chicago in it's September is good. So Eve, in your leadership role within the Women in Medicine Summit, how do people find it? How do they follow the conference? How do they sign up? Yeah, so it's um, pretty easy. It's womeninmedicinesummit.org. Or you can follow us on social media, um, which is at WIMS2019, I think. Let me double check as I can't remember our Twitter. I run too many Twitter accounts. Um, but womeninmedicinesummit.org is the best way to find us. There's a link right at the front of that website that just uh, you can say it's because it says register here. It's a CME conference. Bring your students, bring, you know, APPs or um, pharmacy, any anyone healthcare or healthcare adjacent who wants to learn. Um Come, come learn and come have a good time with us and, um, you know, get that experience of being connected and feeling empowered because we all we all really could use it right now. I'm ready to get caffeinated, too. And Meg <laughs> Grind, get ready, get ready for right. that. That's We've got right. the Nocturnist coming the Friday night. It'll yes. be. Yep. And Avi, how do people find you if they want to follow along with you? And Eve, you can also shout out your your handles. I'm a O Glasser at Twitter. I'm uh, Eve BMD on Twitter. Or find me through the Women in Medicine website or, you know, don't find me. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much. I'm really glad we got to do this. It was uh, it was an important conversation. These are these are the things that the show kind of surfaces that we get to yeah. be super creative and bring some some voices on to have conversations like this. So I appreciate you both coming on. Well, Thanks thank for having you. us. It's good. It's good. To, I mean, your audience is going to see us, but it was so good to see you three. Okay, I just want to tell you, I like coffee better than tea. I just, I got to oh. get it out there. Yeah, <laughs> got to get it out there. Duh. I'm ready. Quick, quick trip to the locker room. Coffee over tea. Very good. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I have this repaired. I've had this repaired for a year. It's situational. Like was it Ali Raja used the term situational like last it took summer? Took you a year to come up with a hedge. Come no, on. it took you a year to get us on to record this episode. But oh but things God. but all things you know get better with age. Um, Fair enough. Speaking of situational, Sayed, we've completed this situation. <laughs> we, will, we will we will do another one, and you will you will we, you won't be stuck between Houston and Austin or whatever godforsaken stretch of Texas highway you were on. <laughs> Sounds great, Mark. It's good to be back here. I missed it. All right, all of you. Thank you so much. Have a good night. See you soon. My thanks once again to Avi and Eve for joining Syed and I on this episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast. And thank you also to Med Mastery for sponsoring this episode. Learn the highest yield clinical skills to solve 90% of patient problems without the help of a senior colleague. And you know what? If you are a senior colleague, there's great stuff for you to learn at MedMastery as well. Visit MedMastery at www.medmastery.com forward slash explore the space and get your exclusive 15% off discount for Explore the Space listeners. And thank you also to the Women in Medicine Summit for sponsoring this episode of Explore the Space. The summit is coming up in Chicago, September 16th and 17th. Definitely sign up now. Go to www.womeninmedicinesummit.org to register, and I will see you in Chicago. Thanks again to all of you for listening and for enjoying Med Lasso right there along with us. I hope you enjoyed this one. I love it. I'm super proud of it, and I'm glad that we could have this conversation. 
Please do jump on Twitter, join hashtag MedLasso and sound off on this episode and other thoughts you have about the show. Just join in that community. It's fabulous. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at ExploreTheSpaceShow, and you can email me anytime, mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. Please do share this episode and share Explore the Space with your friends and colleagues. Definitely sign up wherever you like to download your shows and give us that five-star rating and review. It really helps us out. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.